long did it take you to get over the pain of that loss to Andy Ruiz Jr.? About three weeks. That's quite a long time, isn't it? Yeah, to yeah. To be in pain. Yeah, you, you, I used to sleep and I'd be thinking about it. I'm thinking, I lost. But you know what's cool? What the blessing is that I've got the, the, the solid people around me that have been with me since day one. So they know me as AJ, do you know what I'm saying? So that's a good thing. So even though I lost, it was only in my quiet times kind of when I was going to bed or something like that that I'd really think about it. But in a weird way, it was like, it was like a relief though. Because the loss is out of the way. It's done, isn't it? Yeah. I'm quite a strong-minded person. I, you, I find um, opportunity in, in, even in the worst so, like, type of cases anyway. Were you embarrassed? Because you mm. definitely kept your head down, kept a lower profile. For real? In a way. It wasn't about hiding, it was more strategically. Because I think the changes I made in training, you would have been able to pick up if I, if I was showing you right. where I was and what I was up to. So it wasn't, like, I don't hide from any situation. I feel like I could, seriously, you could fill out this arena here and I could talk about all my losses in life. And I'm proud of them. Do you know what I mean? I'm not going to shy away from them anyway. The mental part of this fight yeah. is probably going to be massive. Yeah, 100%. Um, how have you prepared for that? Just telling yourself, I always say that, we belong here. This isn't new to us. So I feel like, yeah, I took my loss, but that doesn't justify me. So um, I feel like I belong at a good level of boxing. But will you be more nervous on fight night than you normally are? No way. Because it's a different situation. I'm never nervous. Never? Look at the last fight, I was half asleep in the ring. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm never nervous. I know I'm good. When you know you're good at something, you don't make it the biggest thing in your life. The biggest thing in my life is actually training. Fighting isn't hard. The fighting and winning isn't hard. The training every day, having the right people around you every day. That, honestly, that's the biggest fight in my life. The, the winning, it's easy. That takes care of itself. Have you done much psychology? Well, I have someone like... Yeah, someone do sports psychology with you, think I'll do more of that ahead of this fight? No, nah, I want to get, I want a psychic. So you could be like, you're going to go in and knock him out and then, do you know what I'm saying, put me in a trance. <laughs> there will be serious questions about your future if you don't win this fight. Why? Two in a row against Andrew Ruiz Jr. Wouldn't it be a long haul back from there? No. You're not done with boxing if you no lose? No way. No? No way. Right, if, if it, unless like Eddie bins me off and every promoter doesn't want me, cool, then so be it. But providing there's still an opportunity, I will reign again. This is Alex Harris for seconds out. I'm joined by light heavyweight Craig Richards. Craig, how come you're down at the York Hall? You know, it was a good event. I thought I'd come down, show my support. Obviously, no OD for many years. Thought I'd come and see how he gets on. Mikey as well, trained with me. Uh, good mate, friend of mine as well. So, come down to support and just, you know, come down to the event to show my support. We've just seen O'Hara win at the end of the seventh round. The opponent stopped on his stall. What did you make of his performance? I think he's back to his old self. Good seeing you. Um, I think he's back to his old self, you know. OD's a sharp guy, he's to train with him years ago and I've seen him in the gym and time and time again doing that so it's good to see him back and um, back to his old self ready to go looking sharp tonight. I think we last saw you out in June here was it at the next gen show uh, there's been rumours about you and Shakan Pitters I know Shakan in the media has been saying that you were the reason for not taking the fight what can you tell us about? The fight's happening, so he just he's just trying to get under my skin, wants a bit of clout, wants me to talk about him, I'm guessing. The fight's happening, so we're mandated to fight. So he went online saying, oh, I think he doesn't want to fight, I think he's trying to price himself. You can't price yourself out of a mandatory fight. The fight's happening regardless. It just was, was in the middle of negotiating a contract, a new contract with Matchroom, Eddie, where I've been with him from the start. Um, and in the contract, obviously, was talks of financing with the British title before the fight was announced with Shaq. So we was back and forth about that. Um, and in the meantime, Shaq fight got made and then um, we didn't finish finalising the contract before the purse business ended. So it got extended another month. So the fight's happening. It just depends if it happens in December or January. Now, you just said it might happen in December, January. Where would you, is there anywhere where and when you would like it to happen? Obviously, you're probably ticking over in the gym right about now. 
me, I'm ready as soon as possible, sooner rather than later. I'm ready to go. I'm all si cylinders fire. I'm ready to go. I'm just ready for that date to be announced and um, I'm good to go. So I'm ready to fight right now. And obviously, if you can win that, there's a big 2020 coming up for you. Do you have sort of some targets that you'd like to meet coming over the next? No, nah, I just think like if I beat Shaq, well, when I beat Shaq, um, after I win the British, I've got to kind of push on from there maybe. I've been in this domestic scene for a while. I beat a, a lot of top tens now in the in the British UK scene. So it's kind of time I've beat one more to spread my wings and fly off and maybe go international, etc., and gain some more experience to get towards the um, plan to obviously go towards the world world level and etc. Now I just want to get your opinions on the heavyweight division at the moment. Uh, obviously we've got Wilder Ortiz coming up this weekend. Uh, and also we've got December 7th, AJ Ruiz. Now obviously Ruiz, we know Ruiz won the first fight. Do you think AJ can overturn the, you know, the fight the second time? 100%, I believe AJ is back to his old self, looking trimmer, which he always performs his best 70, 74. Um, he always looks good. I remember when I first went down at a match on gym, watching him very explosive for a big guy. I think he put on a little bit more weight before. I think it slowed him down. Him being trim, fast, explosive. I just believe that he just didn't get up for the fight with a change of opponent, etc. But I believe he'll go out there and blast him out the second time. People talk about how difficult it is to go into an immediate rematch and how the sometimes mentally fighters can struggle. Why do you think that is? Mindset depends on your mindset. As they say, the same hot water that boils an egg. You know what I'm saying? That that old saying um, softens the potato. But it's your mindset, and I believe Joshua's got a hungry mindset, and I believe he would want to redeem that ASAP. You know, some people be like, "Oh, I'm not sure if I'm ready. Didn't go well the first time. Maybe I need a warm up, maybe a tune up." Then some people they'd be hungry and they just think, "You know what? I need to get that back ASAP and go in camp, switch off, and go and get their belts back." And I believe that he's got more of that mentality. Uh, well, Craig, I don't want to keep you too long. You might want to rush off. So thank you for talking. Seconds out. This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Las Vegas. I'm here with ah, the... Luis Neri. Great, great champion. A, a great, great uh, Mexican warrior. And he's going to prove on Saturday night. And, and if he's victorious, he's going immediately for the championship. I know there's a long way to go, but do you think this could be the man to beat Inoue? He's a man. He's the best uh, bantamweight. Luis, Luis, anything you want to say to your fans ever do a fight with uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez? Algo que quieras decir para los eh, fans de Manny Rodriguez? Eh, bueno, es un, eh, acepto que es un gran peleador, es una gran pelea que tengo enfrente. Pues nada, que no se pierdan la pelea del sábado, va a ser una gran, una, una gran, una gran pelea. It, it is such a good fight. Uh, he is a great fighter, and we're going to ha uh, have and give a great show this Saturday. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Best of luck to Luis on on Saturday. Okay, Marisha, you had a, a couple of veterans on stage today. Can you just talk to me about that? Yes, uh, we're, we're very proud and very appreciative. Uh, PBC and the WBC uh, join efforts to recognize two veterans, two armed force veterans who gave their lives uh, and were willing to give their lives and they got in uh, combat and they hurt themselves. So they're going to the fight, they're going to enjoy the great event of Saturday night. Uh, we're presenting them with a miniature belt as a recognition, appreciation from the world of the sport. Because what they do is uh, every day they go out and, and help others. Uh, even af after suffering so much from the injuries in combat, they are doing service in society. So we're very proud of them. 
Marisha, I do want to ask you about your new testing policy. Uh, I think you put a statement out a few weeks ago. Can you just talk me through that uh, idea to bring that in? The clean boxing program. Yes, uh, we have a clean boxing program. Uh, has been working very efficiently. It's a random, uh, mandatory for the top 15 contenders and the champions. And uh, what we do is once a month, there are certain uh, tests performed all over the world unannounced and we also have testing for specific fights that are contracted and we included uh, women's boxing this year and now we also are doing tests to ring officials referees and judges okay but more specifically i'm talking about the, the thresholds uh with in terms of clembrutro yes that was released a couple of weeks ago you put that out, i think yes uh wada the world anti-doping agency is the body that creates the rules for testing. So in June of this year, WADA released a policy on clenbuterol, where they have put a threshold, which is a limit where a test is considered either just an atypical finding or a doping violation. So they just they are the ones who changed the rules and what we announced was that there were two cases in Mexico, uh, Vargas and uh, Martinez, <coughs> both were very low, uh, so they are under the, the WADA uh, qualification of no uh, doping. And what we uh, discussed also was, had Canelo situation being under those rules, Canelo and, and uh, uh, Vargas, uh, the former champion, they would have been no doping. So uh, it's a new threshold, it's a new rule by WADA, meaning that they recognize there's a problem in Mexico, there's a problem in China with clenbuterol, it's a national uh, health issue and athletes should not suffer from that. So let me make this clear, with a new ruling where Canelo failed his test, he wouldn't have, he would have, he would have come back negative with this new ruling? With this new ruling, Canelo would have been negative of the doping violation which hurt him so much two years ago. So, what's your understanding of the legitimacy of this new, of this new program, etc. In terms of, obviously he's tested positive before, so, was he doing anything wrong? Canelo? Yeah. Absolutely not. It happened the same thing that happens to, in 2011, 109 football players tested positive from all over the world in Mexico during a World Cup. Uh, Francisco Vargas, uh, Neri, Luis Neri. So, so many baseball players, so many Olympic uh, competitors. So WADA did the right thing and they understand there's an issue and uh, there's contaminated meat. Of course, the athletes have to take a very good care. What we do in these cases, we have contacted Martinez and Vargas and we lead them to a nutrition program. So they understand the dangers of clenbuterol uh, and any other substance, but specifically clenbuterol so they can have a better nutrition program. Okay, that clears that up. So obviously it's a specific problem with Mexican athletes in general. Mexican athletes or anyone visiting Mexico. Uh, NFL players have a clear uh, rule from the NFL saying, you're going to Mexico, there's clenbuterol, you watch what you eat. Marisha Suleiman, thank you very much for your time on IFL. Two days away from fight night, Wild Rotis. It should be great. Thank you very much. Thank you. It is special. <laughs>
ABA champion and two-time ABA finalist. Brilliant. Right, as we say, tomorrow, Tung. Luis Ortiz is getting another shot for the WBC title against Deontay Wilder. You know I mean? What's your call for the fight? Very interesting fight. I think just looking at the shape of <laughs> Just looking at the shape of um, Ortiz, he's obviously prepared well, and it's going to be an interesting fight. But we still got to go with Wilder, you know. And I think I've got Wilder to do the job a lot more quicker this time. Yeah, you know, I got I got Wilder in, in five rounds for the simple reason Wilder took Ortiz's best shots. Yes. Uh, was it um, months ago now? So within those months, I know. Ortiz had another birthday, so Ortiz is about 60 years old now. <laughs> going into that fight. Can I say something? Having said that, with the shape and the preparation that he's obviously um, done this time, I feel that if he gets Wilder hurt this time, it could be a very different story. It, it could be, but I think now Wilder's got the confidence to go in there and, and fight totally different. Um, and after that, especially after the Dominic Brazil knockout, yes. yeah, I mean, that was, remember, like, um, Ron Katz was saying to us, he threw a straight one-two yes. down the middle reminiscent, reminiscent of Joe Lewis. Right. So therefore, I've got I've got Wilder inside five rounds because he knows he can take the shots, and he's on he's on a confidence high. That's how I see it. Anyway, Coogan, you're doing a great work for for IFL. Keep on doing what you're doing. I see you like your new haircut and everything. You're looking like suave. I mean, big up, man. Seriously. And everyone, everyone, tune into the fight is right, which is. It's real. The podcast real. I'm, I'm very, very grateful. Me and Baba Tundi Ajay, Master Genius, Master Knowledge. And we've got the biggest names who come on the show. So, Kuga, you got to come on next week, man. We, we need Kuga on there. Yeah, we need the energies, man. Kuga's the man who gave me the first break in boxing. The man, remember, that time he didn't even have a camera. <laughs> that time he had a mobile phone. And look at you today. The big Kugan Cassius. The one and only. The, di the director. What's going on there? Go downstairs, Elliot. Go downstairs. That's the key. His kids, is he Argentinian? He's got the right Yeah, he is. I'm tough. He's got the right colours. Oh, there you go. He's ready to go to the body. To the body, the body, Elliot. The body. The body. I feel, it feels like I'm in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> the body attack. Just one more final one. Mayweather to come back next year. What, what's he doing? You know what? If if uh, Floyd, can you see that Floyd says he's coming back next year? He linked up. He linked up with Dana White. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes Floyd does just things to get attention on himself. I don't know. Um, if he was to come back, then who who would Floyd Mayweather fight? Who would he fight? You know what I mean? I'm like, what Floyd doesn't realize is like his legacy cannot be surpassed. So therefore, he should just be cool. But if he does come back, I still watch it. Go Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is not coming back to boxing. No way, Jose. What he's going to do, in my opinion, is that he's going to stage a massive UFC and boxing event. Um, and until that time, he's going to make everyone believe that he's having a return fight, but he's not. Floyd is well retired from boxing, but it's going to be a great event. And you know, anything Floyd does is a spectacular. So I'm looking forward to it. Diana White, is it Diana? Diana, Diana White. <laughs> Dana White and Floyd Mayweather it's going to be a fantastic event there you go I told you I told you just one right hook to the butt Ooh. it's been a fantastic night tonight Coog. great fights OD back to his old self that was a what do you think of OD's performance now you know what that's, that's the best I've seen him that's the best I've seen him Props to Tony Cisse as well, his old trainer. That's the best I've seen. Oh, not only that, but there's a maturity in him now. Not just fighting-wise, but him as a human being. And you can see it in the ring. That was very, very good. But I was also impressed with McKenna. McKenna, the Irish tall Irish guy. You know what I mean? I like him. Southport as well. He, he, he's a very good fighter. And I hope to see those two in the final. That'd be a yeah, wicked fight. That'd be a great final. I, going back to O'Hara, it, it was very reminiscent of when um, I took him to him and, um, and Anthony Yard and, and then we got to um, Las Vegas and he sparred in um, 
what's the other gym? The old school gym downtown Las Vegas. The Mexican gym. Oh, Johnny Tacos. Johnny Tacos. Um, O'Hara's performance tonight reminded me a lot of that when he sparred in Johnny Tacos. Because, yeah. you know, O'Hara's got a, a different kind of jab. He throws the right hand and then he comes out with a jab. And that, that was what I saw tonight. So great to have the OD, the old OD back. Brilliant performance. Nah, I was just impressed with him. I was impressed with the whole show. Big up um, Golden Contract, big up MTK Global. I mean, big up Cougar Gaseous. I'm bouncing, I've got work to do now. Thank you very much. As we always say, the fight is right. The fight is right, but dream it, believe it, Big become it. Uh, have you got a message for Umar Tunde? Umar's my friend. Great man, great young man. See, I, I, I afforded him the respect of calling him a young man, not a boy. <laughs> Big difference. Um, hard worker, great for the sport, articulate, and um, I wish him nothing but the best. Yes, sir. So, Umar, you can phone me again. I'll unblock you on Saturday. Yeah, tomorrow morning I'll unblock you. There you go. Thank you for having us, Kooks. It's been an honour. Brothers, Spencer, Tundi, thank you very much. It's special. Ooh, Absolute dynamite. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred. I'm joined by Chris Eubank Jr. out here in Las Vegas. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. You can't not do great when you're out here in such a beautiful city. It's one thing I want to touch on, you know, a professional fighter, a lot of expectation heaped on your shoulders, not just because of your name, but because of what you've done so far in the sport. When you are out in places like Las Vegas, when you travel the world, how difficult is it, is it to try and balance enjoying life and boxing? I'm a very disciplined guy, so it's not difficult for me, you know. I've, I've lived in Las Vegas, I have a place out here, so, you know, even though you've got so much temptation, um, you know, clubs and girls and parties and gambling, that's all here. And that can suck you into, that, that lifestyle can suck you in. You can get really sidetracked by that, and a lot of fighters do. But because I've kind of lived here and I've been around it so much, and because of my drive, uh, it, doesn't it doesn't throw me off track. I can be in the gym day in, day out, and not worry about anything else that's going on. Um, and that is one of the reasons why I'm so successful, because I don't let anything sidetrack me from the end goal, which is to beat the man in front of me. How do you find being away from your family and friends for so long? You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad thing to say, but boxing is a very selfish sport. Um, Family, friendships, holidays, uh, relationships, they all come second. Uh, a lot of people don't like to hear it, but it's the truth, you know. You are the one that has to get in that ring on the night and fight. None of your friends, your wives, your girlfriends, your brothers, none of them are there in the ring with you taking those shots. So you have to put yourself first. You have to sacrifice. You have to spend time away from your family and friends and your loved ones. Uh, to train and dedicate yourself. Uh, it is tough, it's not easy, but you know, if you want to make it in the game, that's just one of the things you have to learn how to do. Just pick that back up there, Chris, sorry about that, my battery obviously just run out. Um, I was just touch, touching on family and that, but we are out here in Vegas, ahead of, well, you're in camp at the minute for your Matt Corabov bout. How has everything been going? Beautiful. Moved down to 160, which is my natural weight. I'm, I've never been a 168 pound, I've never been a super middleweight, even though I've been fighting at that weight for the last two, three years. Um, so I'm happy now to be fighting guys my own size. Uh, and cutting the weight is easier than ever as I'm out here in Las Vegas with the heat. Um, it's not that hot today, but you know, for the last four or five weeks it's been hot. So the weight's been coming off well. I'm feeling very strong, very confident. The, the reaction when you announced Matt Korobov was one of surprise over social media. Everybody knows about his amateur days and the pedigree he has. And 
everybody expects it to be a difficult test for yourself. Why Matt? Why did you take on Cor Why have you decided to take on Matt Corabar? I'm going by what my promoter and what Showtime and PBC want me to do. Um, I think it's a great introductory fight to the American public. He's a solid name. He's a well-known name in the sport. He may not be a big superstar, but you can't have superstar fights every fight. Sometimes you just got to get in there and do your job. And that's exactly what I'm going to do December 7th. How do you expect the fight to play out between yourselves when you are in the ring? I'm going to go out there and I'll box him and then I'm going to stop him, to put it, to put it plainly. Obviously, you've had a while since the James DeGale victory. You've had time to reflect on your performance. What are your thoughts on it now? Very happy with the performance. Um, you know, it wasn't the prettiest looking fight. And I had to give him the spine buster at one point, you know, got a point taken off me. I think that was the first time I ever had a point taken off me in a fight. Um, but we got the win, dominated him, uh, retired him, um, put the beef to rest and uh, moving on, moving onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. You've just mentioned as well you've moved back down to middleweight for this bout. Where do you see your future lying at middleweight or super middleweight? For the immediate future, middleweight. I mean, I've always been a middleweight anyway, so the fact that now I have opportunities to fight at middleweight over here, it's perfect. And I'm, uh, I'm happy to showcase, you know, my new strength because I'm not going to be fighting guys who are 20, 30 pounds heavier than me, which is what I've been doing for the last two, three years. You know, now, I'm, now it's a fair fight in terms of size and weight. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an all new and improved Chris Eubank Jr. What types of plans have you laid out with your team for not just for this year but going into next year with regards to moving up the rankings and moving towards your eventual goal of challenging for another world title? Activity. Um, you know, I didn't fight as many times as I wanted to fight this year. Uh, 2020 will be a lot more active. Minimum three fights and um, fighting the big names, fighting the title, getting the title fights, fighting the big names, giving the fans what they want to see. How difficult do you think it's going to be to try and cement those big names? We're seeing a lot of the likes of Golovkin, Canelo, the Billy Joe Saunders fight still there, up at 168, Callum Smith, etc. Those are the types of names which I'm seeing linked to you. How difficult will it be to try to gain a fight against one of those? I don't think it should be too difficult. At this stage in my career now, um, you know, I'm a marquee name. So, uh, and if it makes money, it makes sense. And you know, as long as the money's there for these big fights, they're going to get made. I don't, I don't see any reason why they can't get made. Um, it's just up to the promoters, and I'm with the best of them right now. That Billy Joe fight in particular, you've obviously had a rivalry which has stemmed for quite a while since before your first fight. What do you think there is with regards to the possibility of seeing that fight? Do you think it is likely we will see a rematch or? Anything's possible. Anything's possible. As long as he doesn't get caught doing drugs again, uh, we'll probably fight again at some point. He's obviously had his, his fair share to say over interviews and social media, etc. What have you made of some of the stuff that he has said? I don't make anything of it. Does it ever become a, maybe frustrating when you do read about certain things, knowing that you can't maybe say what you'd like to say back in return? I'm a seasoned pro. There's nothing that can be said or done to me that hasn't been, hasn't happened a hundred times already. So uh, that is all irrelevant. I did just want to get your thoughts on a few fights. This weekend back home in, well, I say back home in England, we see Callum Smith defend his world title against John Ryder. What are your thoughts on that fight, Chris? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a nothing fight. I think it's just a mandatory defence and um, you know, it is what it is. And then just a couple of fights, obviously, whilst we're out here. Walder Ortiz, too. How do you see that rematch playing out? That's a, that's a real fight. That's, uh, I will be there ringside tomorrow night. And um, I think Ortiz is he's in for a tough night, man. You know, it's, it's one of those things. Wilder's on his momentum. He's, he's got the momentum. He's got that. He's on a roll. So um, I think he's going to go out there and I think he's going to catch him. Um, but then again, anything can happen in the middleweight division, uh, in, the, in the heavyweight division. All it takes is one punch. So uh, you can't count Ortiz out. But if I had to bet on somebody, I'd say uh, Wilder's going to win. And in a couple of weeks' time, we see Andy Ruiz Jr. and Anthony Joshua have their rematch out in Saudi Arabia. Again, how do you see the rematch playing out, Jr.? Um, I think Joshua can do it. I think with, with uh, the new and improved mindset that he has, 
he will go out there and do the business. You obviously, you, know, you suffered your loss to George Groves and then you came back and you've found a new lease of life. How is it mentally to try and cope with that? Anthony Joshua has to get over the mental side of knowing he lost the first fight with Andy Ruiz. How was it for you when you had to deal with the, the Groves defeat? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge part of boxing. Um, a very, very small percentage of fighters go their whole careers without a loss. Uh, so a big part of boxing is coming back stronger after, the, after a defeat. Um, and I believe Anthony is one of the fighters that can do that. Some guys can't. Some guys, they take a loss or they get hurt and they're never the same after that. And other guys, they use that to fuel them to become better fighters. And uh, I believe Anthony Joshua is one of those fighters. Two more quick questions before I let you shoot off. We've just touched on the heavyweights. In your opinion, if Deontay is successful on Saturday, he has the Fury rematch lined up. Which fight is bigger for the heavyweight division? Wilder Fury 2 or Ruiz Joshua 2? Wilder Fury or Ruiz Joshua? Um, I don't know which one's bigger. They're both big. You know, Joshua, even though, you know, obviously what happened with the Ruiz, I think he's still the number one guy in terms of pulling power. So anything with Anthony is going to be the biggest out there. And finally, it's I'm a Celebrity Time. It's back on. Will you be tuning in something your, your father was on previously? Uh, not out here. I don't think we get that show in, the, in, in Vegas. But um, Find a stream. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Maybe I'll check it out. Chris Eubank Jr., I appreciate your time. I'll let you crack on. Thank you for speaking to myself on Boxing Social. Okay, appreciate it, man. This is Andy Peroff, Boxing Social, in association with Betfred. And for the first time in a while, I'm delighted to be joined by Joe Goosen. Joe, how are you doing? Oh, tremendous. Thank you. Thank you. It's a heck of a weigh-in right there. A lot of excitement and a few uh, surprises. There was indeed a couple of fighters missing weight there in Luis Neri and... Uh, and Seha. And Seha, that's the one, yeah. Were you surprised at all? I'm really surprised about Seha because, you know... Well, I mean... It's for the world title, and you're four pounds over. It's it's almost unbelievable. It, that can't just be an oversight. You know that's uh, negligent. You know to be that much over for a world title fight. So that's a shame because Seha has the ability to really have the ability to make this a great fight against uh, Figueroa. So. Obviously, we are here for the main event on Saturday night. Wilder Ortiz 2, the rematch. What are your thoughts on it, Joe? Well, number one, I think the big difference is Ortiz right now. He looks tremendous. He's in great shape. You could tell this camp was much different than the first camp. Um, his body looked different. His, his weight was good. And he got sparring. And from what I understand from his camp, he did little to no sparring at all for the first fight and a few other mishaps that happened you know that I won't get into but it seemed like they had a perfect camp and I know what they mean by that when you have a perfect camp it means everything you know without it you're always going to get a glitch here or a glitch there as long as there's nothing too big that knocks you knocks you off your mark but um, this from what I hear it was a seamless camp and he's going to need to have a seamless camp against somebody like Deontay Wilder. His Wilder just looks incredible. He already owns a win over Ortiz. It's two years later. Ortiz is two years older. Um, Wilder already put a big crack in the China. So, you know, that's something that has a lasting effect, no matter what type of shape you get in. So he's got that advantage. Uh, it, it, it should be a very interesting fight because Ortiz is a tremendous counterpuncher. So how do you kind of see the fight playing out when both of them are in the middle of a ring? How do I see them? How do you see the fight playing out? How do you see it from a tactical standpoint? How do you see it playing Well, you know, I don't think either guy is going to rush into anything here because they're both too big of punchers to, you know, rush and make a mistake. I think it'll probably unfold just like the first fight did with you know, both guys feeling each other out a little bit. And then, slowly but surely, they'll 
close the <coughs> excuse me. They'll close the gap, and um, I think you know, the fight will you know start probably around the third, fourth round. But the first couple rounds, I think they're going to feel each other out, and you know that's to be expected. There, it's it's going to be a tactical fight. Moving away from this card, I just want to quickly get your opinion before I let you go. Ruiz Joshua 2 out in Saudi Arabia, just a matter of a couple of weeks away. How do you see that rematch playing out? Well, I, I see Joshua probably, you know, tightening his game up big time. And I think, like I say, I use the term, he's got to go Lennox Lewis on uh, Andy Ruiz. And what I mean by that is just use that height and reach, use that athleticism, if I'm his coach, this is what I'm thinking. Keep him on the end of that jab, on the end of your punches all night. If you hurt him, don't go in for the kill. Just let him get back up and start the process over again. You know, rinse, wash, and repeat. And and I think on the other hand, Andy Ruiz, you know, he already put a crack in the china on Joshua. So he kind of owns him in that regard. So I, I think he's got to you know, kind of pick up where he left off. Um, he's got to be careful not to run into anything solid like he did in the first fight. And if he does that and puts on good pressure, he's got to put on steady, maybe even quicker pressure than last time. It was a little plodding. I think he's got to have to a little bit better head movement and faster feet because I have a feeling Joshua's going to probably box a lot. So if you want to close that gap, you can't just, you know, slowly walk to a guy you you got to put on fast feet and fast pressure and I think that's what uh, Andy Ruiz has to do and if he does that and gets in close that's where he's going to do his damage if he doesn't get in close and uh, close the gap it, it could be a long night but that's the strategy I would have for either guy there who are you picking to win well I don't know if I'm really picking anyone to win I haven't picked anyone to win I would just say that Andy Ruiz has the advantage going in, so I don't know if he's the favorite on the books, but in terms of, you know, the fans and people in the know, I think a lot of people are saying Andy Ruiz can repeat that first victory, but I don't think Joshua's going to make it that easy for him. Provided Dante Wilder's successful on Saturday night, he's obviously got the Wilder Fury 2 rematch lined up. What fight do you think is bigger for the heavyweight division, Wilder Fury 2 or Ruiz Joshua 2? You're asking me... Which fight is bigger for the heavyweight division, oh, Wilder Fury 2 right. or Ruiz Joshua 2? Yeah, um, well listen, you, you know, you, you saw the response that Wilder Fury got was, was huge. Um, the, the Ruiz um, uh, Joshua fight you know, it's in Saudi Arabia. It's a little far removed from the, 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 the boxing, you know, fans per se. I'm sure they're going to have great fans out there. But I think in the States or in the UK, boy, Wilder Fury 2 is huge right now. And then whoever wins that one, the winner of um, Ruiz and Joshua, boy, they meet the winner of Fury and Wilder. That's going, to be, that's going to be the toughest ticket of the decade. You also had a brief little stint working in England with Amir Khan. That's obviously, you've, you've separated and parted ways now. What, what was behind the decision to, for yourself and Amir to go, go separate ways? Well, you know, Amir was with, um, uh, you know, his, his trainer for many, many years. And, um, I, you know, I, I was there basically as a replacement. Um, and, and I knew that, and I knew that it might be a temporary thing. And, uh, you know, it, it was not because there was any bad blood or anything like that. I really respect Amir and his family in particular. They're great people. Uh, I was treated very well in the UK. But, um, you know, he just re reunited um, with his trainer, and that's the way it is, and that was... No, no love lost there at all, you know. I mean, it was just, it's, you know, he got back with Virgil and, you know, he was with Virgil for like six, seven years. So, you know, it was, it was understandable. And Virgil, thank God, I'm glad Virgil got better and he was able to retrain Amir again. And I'm happy for everybody. Look, guys like Virgil, myself, 
and a lot of other trainers, we're never going to be out of work, hopefully. I <laughs> thank God for that. But, you know, we're, we're always going to get guys coming and going, and it, it's it's all good. I, I got no hard feelings against anybody. But the two fights that I had with Amir, I'll never forget. They were really a, a, a great time. He's a good man, and I loved his family. And, and the people in the U.K. treated me really, really well. And if there's one thing I miss is not going back there again for another fight because I really enjoyed going there. My final question, Joe, just fill us in on yourself. Yeah. What have you got going on with your fighters, your stable of fighters? Yeah, la last thing is that, um, you know, I've got uh, Sergey Lipinitz. He's the number one welterweight in the world um, to, in the IBF to Errol Spence's uh, title. Then I got uh, Tuxu Nimbayar, who's the number one featherweight in the world. He's number one to the Gary Russell in the WBO. And then uh, my third fighter is Chris Ariola, who had that great fight with Adam Kovnatsky, the number one heavyweight in the world, who was really probably the toughest guy waiting in the wings out there. And Chris, you know, I thought fought a tremendous fight against that. I think he surprised a lot of people, including Adam. And um, so, you know, we're, um, we're going to be getting back in the gym pretty soon. He had a, a pretty serious hand injury. That's just healed up now. So I got those three guys. Between the three of them, that's plenty of work for me at my age. And uh, I'm looking to get back after this show, back into the gym and get to work with the boys. Well, Joe, I know I've kept you for twice as long as you'd have liked to have stayed, but I appreciate it. It's great to catch up with you as well. So thank you for your time and thanks for speaking to myself and Boxing Center. No, believe me, it was a pleasure. And if, I, if they weren't uh, pulling me away right now, I'd spend as much time as you'd like. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome so much. Have a good trip Brilliant. back. Cool here. I'll tell you what, you take the mic. I want you to take the mic. How you doing? What's going on? We're big time promoter here. Lee Eater, look at the fucking atmosphere. Knock your heart out, Eddie, and fucking hell. Look at this, son. Go on, look at this. Tell him, tell him, Lee. He's a big gun in town now, son, yeah? You watch it. No, joking. <laughs> Absolutely rammed in here, isn't it? No, no, listen. Great atmosphere. And this fight is a hell of a fight. I'm not sure what these guys' names are, but. It's a fucking oh, barnstormer. Mohamed Sorry about Mimone that. and Darren Surtees. Say it again. Mohamed Mimone and Darren Surtees. Listen, these guys are putting it all on the line, and it's like, what is it? We're in the fourth round already. Now this is a hell of a fight, man. Pretty impressed by these boys, and they're actually tough as nails because they're taking a lot, a lot of punishment. Bring in your man here. Which one, Yardy? And the Yard. Hi there. We say on the IFL. We say Kerr. Yeah, we're just here. <laughs> What's good, Kurt? I see you shining. And we've got the smiley here as well. Oh, come on, come, come on. on. <laughs> you get me? Dean White doing the interview. Come on, guys. Talk it as it is, guys. What, what a new job. Possibly. I got you, Dean. Hey, listen. What you got to understand, I got wherever the bags is, wherever the sheets is, wherever the money is. Come on. I'm there. You know what I'm saying? How are you feeling? You looking well? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. How are you, sir? I'm always good. I'm always good. Raring to go. No, no, the atmosphere is really good. This fight here is a really great fight. What's your thoughts on this fight here? You know what? This fight surprised me. Because my man got, I don't know their names, but my man got yeah, dropped here. He got One dropped of them got dropped. And then now the other one's coming back. No, he's rallying back properly still. So I'm about to do the names, but... No, the I'm, I'm, the, I'm exactly the same as you. I said the same thing. Lee Eaton was the one who helped me with the names. Are okay. you here to support your guy, OD? OD. Come in. Two tanks. What do you, what you think he's going to do tonight? He's going to get a knockout? He's going to win my knockout. He's going to win by knockout. Ahara Sharp, I've been watching him train. He's got his focus back. You know, when he starts talking, that's when you know he's confident. So, yeah. so he's saying the old OD's back, man, old coming to do back, some dirt. Yeah? You're going to see the jab. It's back. What are you saying? What are you doing? Bro, I'm feeling like if he's turning his back, he's back. OD's a problem. Like, when we used to train, I've seen that brother thump up bare man in the gym. I've seen him beat up bare people in the gym. He's a serious fighter. As long as he's focused, he'll go and get the job done. Listen, any man who comes in with a ball head like that will shave off their eyebrows, shave off their hair. He's on smoke, cuz. Trust me, cuz. Anyone who comes in like that, I know they're on crud. 
They're not interested in looks, no razzmatazz. They're coming to skin out someone. And I feel. <laughs> you get me? I the same thing. I have, a, I have a comment on his Instagram saying, when you shave your head bald, I know you're on smoke. Trust me. Anyone who's coming in, I predict a knockout today. I predict a knockout. 100%. You know much about the guys fighting? Not really, to be honest. I heard today that he's undefeated. But that doesn't really matter, man. I don't know where it's from. Is it Australian or some crazy down under? I don't know. I think, I think it'll, be, it'll be a good fight because everyone in the tournament's probably hungry. But I said when it boils down to it and the rounds get on, then the ability and everything, the willpower starts kicking in. Then I believe then, you know. Hopefully, OD can send him packing back down under. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon about the fight tomorrow? Callum Smith against John Ryder. I know he's a stable mate of yours. Let, let me let him say yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, I know he's going to probably be biased. Here, here it goes. No, obviously, John's a stable mate of mine. He's looking tremendous. I was sparring him, helping him get prepared for this. He's looking good, looking strong, you know. Probably the best I've seen him, but we know that Callum's a... That ain't gonna help him, boy. No, that will help him. Callum's a problem, of course. He's, a, he's, a, he's probably the best super middleweight out there. So it'll be a good fight, you know. Anyone, it's a puncher's chance, it's boxing, isn't it? Anyone, oh, yeah, definitely a puncher's chance. Anyone can win. He's coming off four good knockouts. Um, Callum's coming off, obviously, good knockouts. So, you know, it'll be a good, exciting fight. I'm just looking forward to it and hope he gets the job done. Do you know what? I just see a good fight because, again, John Ryder had his thing. When I first started boxing, just in general, I remember seeing John um, Ryder spar Billy Joe Saunders. Yeah. And that's like one of the first two pros I ever saw spar. And them, them times, they were like battling, they were, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were neck and neck with it. And obviously, Billy Joe like excelled. You've got, you got to remember as well, remember they fought for the British and people were saying it was very close, the yeah, decision. Yeah. So yeah. you can see the sort of level that John's yeah, actually yeah. at. He's had a couple banana skins, but I believe that every time... He's had a real skin, you know. Do you know what it is with him? I think that every time John, like not underestimates, but he knows he can win, he doesn't get up for the fight. But if you notice, every time he's not underdog and he's been written off, he's yeah. caused the upset. Boys! So Boys! This is one is going to be the upset. <laughs> Hey, there's smoke going on behind hey, us, you know. Listen. Oh I've got a bet on this now. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I don't bet. I'm not a gambling man. Listen, yes, yeah, so I think every time he's the underdog, he always performs. So I reckon that he's going to do the job. Okay, Wilder Ortiz. So what's your thoughts? This weekend we've got another big fight with Wilder and Ortiz. Two, they, they, they run it back. Who's your thoughts on? Is it the big power punch in American, the Alabama bronze bomber, or Ortiz old foot? I just thought that right now, um, Wilder's got a, a confidence that's like, this is mad. And he, again, he's carrying that confidence with him into every situation he's been yeah. in. He's got a, again, he's, he's, he's knock-up ratio, I think, is the highest in history. It's a madness, man. People keep, people keep knocking him, but you can't knock somebody that's done it time and time again, even at the highest level. So, no, 100%. I've got Wilder. I hope he wins. I hope um, Joshua can pull through a win as well. Them two can make that big clash happen. It was good for boxing at the end of the day. Do you know what? Um, what I'll say to that is, like you said, he's, he's, he's 41 wins, 40 knockouts. You can't beat the record. The record is a record. You still have to beat who's in front of you. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to give him his credit. But I'd like, Ortiz is looking well for me. And uh, give me your thoughts on Ortiz. I think Ortiz is a tremendous fight. Ortiz! 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 Jump out! I mean, I told you. I told you. I told you. Hey, I want my money. I want my money. Listen. Yes, my money. Give me my money. Give me my money. Hey, we say you are you are vain. Back to the interview. Basically, Ortiz is a tremendous fighter. We saw that with the footwork um, when he boxed. Um, hold on, sorry, it's a bit loud. Can, can you hear me still? Can you hear me? Okay. Hey, hey, don't. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah hey, so basically, I, I believe that. Um, Wilder, he's, he's got supreme confidence right now and I believe that he's knocking everyone else and I think boxing's a sport made of confidence. Um, Ortiz might have demons in his head from getting stopped the first time, so he might be a bit cautious. But at the same time, he's a tremendous fighter. Desire. Everyone's talking about it, the rematch again with AJ and Andy Ruiz. What's your thoughts on that, you know? Obviously AJ's looking slim, he's lost a lot of muscle, he's brought in different training partners, he's all brought in an added coach to work on some different stuff. 
what are your thoughts on the rematch? What do you, how do you think it's going to turn out? Is it going to be the same? Um, is he going to get knocked out? Is he going to win? Is he going to bring the belts back home? What do you I, think? Be, I believe he's going to bring the belts back home. I believe that, not he underestimated him a little bit, but it was hard to get up for the fight with the opponent changing everything the first time. I believe AJ, when he's slimmed down, is a difficult man to beat. He's so fast and explosive at that weight. I feel like the extra weight wasn't doing him any justice, I don't believe. Yeah, and I believe, I believe now, I mean, with the fast AJ, powerful AJ, I believe he's going to go out there and blow Ruiz out, I'll be honest. Wow, that's a big statement. Massive. With me, again, I respect Ruiz. Um, when the first fight got made, when it, it was meant to be Baby Miller, I said Baby Miller was going to be a better fight for AJ. Yeah. I knew a bit more um, Ruiz's history. Yeah. And I know that he's a good fighter, and he's very calm and relaxed, and he's a good counterpuncher, he's got quick hands. Yeah. But. Joshua can beat him quite easily if he stays at distance. The only reason Joshua was caught in the first fight is because he hurt him. Again, remember he dropped him. And he rushed in. And then he rushed in and tried to finish him. Um, he can do it, man. He can do it. And I hope he does it again. As I said before, I hope he does it. And then again, come on, wow, it's just good for boxing in general. Do you know what I'm saying? No, absolutely, man. I'm going to be I'm going to be rooting for AJ as well. I want the belts to come back home. So, look, there's big fights here for my bro Dillian White and Tyson Fury and them guys. Big up, you're done now. Body snatchers back. <laughs> December the 7th in Saudi as well. Stay tuned, there's gonna be big action. But I mean, I'm gonna root for him. It's a hard fight, you know, because what they say is when you become a champion, your game raises another 10% or so. And Andy Ruiz has shown he's trimmed down, so he's gonna be more exposed, he's gonna be, be more sharp. I, I believe that might work against him. I've heard that. Do you know sometimes there's big guys with fast hands? When you're big and you still got fast hands, that's great, like that's a that's crazy. So it's like the fact that now you're trimming down, you're gonna have to probably the same speed hands, but probably with less punch resistance. Exactly, and I thought that as well. Freddie Roach said, Andrew Ruiz is normally better when he's at his fattest. When he does lose weight, he's never as good as he usually is. is. So the let's see what happens. The two problem is when you're big, is that you can get tired quicker and your hands will slow down. This guy didn't have no fitness problems and his hands was rapid, so he didn't need to do it. Was, it, was the, it was the Snickers. <laughs> he didn't need to, but I think AJ will do it and we're all rooting for him. Bring it back home. Well, you know what I said. Lions in the camp. <laughs> Lions and the Snickers is in the camp. Yeah, when are you back? I'll probably, probably be out again in February. Wait for the announcement. Tune into all the socials. Tune into IFO. You know. The, man, the, man, the man's made so much sheets. He just wants to lie in his sheets. He don't even want to go up. He's saying, Lions is in my bed. I'm going to chill, cut you with my paper, and then I'll be back with a big belly next year. With a bang. Yeah? All right, we're wrapping up. IFL TV, boom bang. Come on, bang bang, we out. Lions in the camp, you know what it is. It is special. Absolute dynamite.